In Genesis chapter 11, we find an ancient, picture-perfect family. I don't know, it's like churches. There are no perfect families. There are no perfect churches. We're all a part of people trying to become better, do better, accomplish more, become what God intended for us to be. And we find that kind of family in Genesis chapter 11. New versions put it like this. The old King James says it like this. Now, these are the generations. Newer versions would say, this is the story of Terah. Terah is the progenitor. He's the father of the great patriarch we all know called Abraham. And we read how that in verse 27, his family has begun. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And his family isn't stopping there. It's already beginning to grow. The Bible says that he has that blessing of grandchildren. And Haran begat Lot. It's three boys and a grandson with the blessing of God already begun in their lives. He's, he's watched as, <clears throat> as his boys have got married and their families have begun to grow. And, and I'm sure like you and I, sometimes Tara's mind has already traveled down the road to old age. And we never done that. Or maybe you're in that. I don't know. I have. Like you and I, he's already traveled down that road, that well-worn road in his mind. He's already imagined what the future picture is going to look like with grandsons and granddaughters and grander times, even greater times ahead. Times when people dance during announcements and (laughs) things like that. Crazy stuff. Crazy celebrations. Times when people worship during the preaching. I'm not, I'm not criticizing this morning. We've had a wonderful worship, worship service. Uh, uh, let, let me just bring us all back to reality. I'm, I'm just saying that's, that, that it's great for us to imagine the great things that God's going to do. Isn't it? Isn't it okay for us to kind of travel in our mind with expectation of what God promised that he would, he could do? There's something about the blessing of God when it rests on a home that, that promises our release that we never expected, that greatness comes into view that we never anticipated. The goodness of God is released when we put God first and we watch everything kind of come into order and we watch blessings show up in our lives and, and we're just standing back in awe and amazement as to everything that's going on around us us because we don't deserve the credit and we don't get the the rights to say this is because of what I did or or what I've done, but we just get to enjoy the blessing of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about for a moment this morning? When God's been better to us than we've been to ourselves, when we can't take the credit for it, you know, you know I'm not good enough for somebody like Kathy Lehman. You just know it. You know I don't deserve to follow a tremendous pastor like Pastor Woodward. You just know it's God. (laughs) You just know. You just know. You just know it's God. And and it's all right for us to imagine what greatness God has in store. It's all right for us to imagine what more God could do or is going to do or or what we believe that God would do in our lives. And and that's all right. Uh, Without a doubt, expectation is that drive that pushes us towards the future with excitement. Someone shout yes. It's full tables at seasons of celebrations. It's feasts filled with family and reasons reasons to rejoice. It's it's the Ur of the Chaldees. It's a happening spot 
It's a bright city in the ancient horizon. It's developed. It's got the reign of Sumerian kings. They've got money and they're pushing it into the infrastructure of the communities around them. They're known for architectural advancements and education and arts. And they've got dynasties and they're, they're just kind of growing the environment around Terra. It's a great day to be alive. Wow. It's awesome. Human lifespan is about, you know, a little over 200 years. So before you even think of midlife crisis, you're 100 years old. You don't buy your red convertible sports chariot until you're over 100. Come on, it's good times. It's a great day to be alive, Tara. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's wonderful. But verse 28 introduces us to the unexpected. The unanticipated, the abnormal, the unusual, the imperfect part of the plan that we don't want and definitely don't like. The Bible tells us in verse 28 that Haran, his son, his baby son, the youngest, died. The scripture says before his father in the original language. It would give the indication that right in front of Terah's face he lost his baby boy. He wasn't a baby. He was a father. Tara was old enough to be Lot's dad. So we know, but you, you know, if I know that, that your son's going to be your boy as long as he's alive and you're alive. There's something about that family connection. And, and, and without a doubt, that pain moved in to, Haran, to Tara's life. What happened to Rand happens right in front of his father and and I don't know, we don't know. We're not given the, the incident report in Scripture. We don't know exactly what happened. It, if it was an accident, I, I don't know. Maybe it was an illness. Maybe he was just kind of cradling his head after uh, a fever that, that wouldn't go away. We don't know. We don't know the story. But we do know that pain moved in where promise had been. And Haran is left with nothing but hurt. Or Haran brings nothing but hurt into Tara's life. I spent the last couple of days with my dad. It's a tremendous privilege, I'll treasure the time that we spent together, even over the past couple of days. I still seek dad's input. It's the role of father and son, the teacher and learner that still is very much in place. He came up and we're celebrating their 50th anniversary this weekend. So we had them over for dinner to the house on Friday evening and, and uh, put them up at the hotel over at the Delta for you know, they thought that's a big deal. Mom's just kind of bouncing around, you know. Little mom. And dad's doing his normal thing. We don't have to stay and go. Come on, you know, just only an hour drive. We just drive. You know. The problem is if he drives home, he's not coming back for like at least another three weeks or a month or two or three or six or a year. We should just do an hour away. We just drive. Don't need to put us up the hotel. I don't know if that's how dad talks or not, but that's how I talk when I'm talking like dad talks. <laughs> for everyone that was in first service, thanks for still laughing. 
but I'll treasure that time. There is, is, it's time that you spend father and son. It's, it's a valuable time. We stopped by a, a fellow that was selling some antiques, and we're, you know, it's still, I'm still asking, hey, hey, dad, what, what is this? What is that? Oh, that's a... Guess what you got to get that thing. Oh, yeah, look at that. Huh. We never get that. It's antiques, Dad. Can't get it at Walmart. That's natural. You know, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to see your parents' age, isn't it? Uh, it's difficult to, to watch... To watch years take their toll and time take its ever advancement forward. You forget, you forget that we're not, I'm not getting any younger. So he's not either. And, but at least you have the assurance that it's normal. It's normal. <clears throat> it's the normal advance. It's, it's a normal stage in life as we age, we lose abilities and the strength wanes and but it's someone say it's normal but we read in scripture how Tara is in the unusual place of losing his son you're not you're not supposed to outlive your children it's not natural to bury your baby boy and the question surfaces in our spirit surely this isn't part of your plan, God. This isn't right. This hurts. Why would you give just to take? And the question doesn't go away. Thousands of years later, we sit in a room and that scripture begs us all to answer, try and answer it. Not because... It will bring any resolution to Tara's trouble, not because it will solve anything that he's experienced, but because it might help us answer the question if it comes into our lives, because none of us know what we might lose today or tomorrow. Job declared what happened. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. And in the midst of that, he was still able to praise God. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. But Job never did, nor could he answer the question, why? And I haven't come to answer that question either this morning. But I would like to address what I believe we see in Scripture happening in these verses. Tara, Tara does what good people do. They gather together the fragments of what's left, and they, they begin to carry on. So Tara takes Abram. That's what Scripture says. It says that he took Abram, a son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. He does the right thing in the wrong moments. He goes through the right activity and does the right actions. He hears the cheers of fellow believers who watch him do the right thing and watch him go through the right motions, the cross before me, the world, 
behind me. No turning back. I won't turn back. And he doesn't. He continues on. Scripture tells us that they travel on. As a, as a matter of fact, if you look at a map, you'll find that it's almost some 600 miles that they go north between the river Euphrates and the Tigris River. And they carry onward toward the promise, not even that God has given Terah, but the one that God has given to Abram. And so Terah travels along with them, singing the right songs, I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Because we all find ourselves in Tara's life sometimes. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we press. We, we press toward on the outside, but we push down the hurt on the inside. We push down the depression on the inside, but mark it down. Somewhere on the journey, we will come face to face with something that triggers the deep-seated pain that's inside of our spirit. There's a reason why the Bible says that we have to be careful of the root of bitterness because the roots never expose themselves above the soil. They aren't exposed on the surface. Nobody really sees what's happening underneath, but somewhere in our spirit, if we're not careful, a root of bitterness can take hold. And before long, something is growing inside of us that we never intended, never wanted, never desired to happen. We have to be so careful of the root of bitterness. And we see something happen in Tara's life. I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if it was just a, a, a bad circumstance. I don't know what it is in your life. But I do believe that God has challenged me this morning. He, he kind of landed this in my spirit and I couldn't let it go. go. And, and, you know, I told first session, I said, I, I know that on the outside it seems like everybody else has it all together because you know what's happening inside of you. But can I remind everybody? this morning that everybody's normal until you get to know them let that settle for a second everybody's normal everybody else's their, their life is perfect until until you get probing around for a few minutes under the surface and then all of a sudden the root of bitterness is there Everybody's normal and until you have to spend a few minutes with them because they, that, that life has just come at them in such a way that they can't unpack it on their own and they, they can't figure it out by themselves. And so they lean on the pastor, they, they lean on the church, and they lean on us because they can't walk this way anymore. The pain is about to overtake them. The bitterness is surfacing in their spirit and they don't know what to do. And all along you thought life was normal for them. But it turns out they're just like the rest of us. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. And somewhere in the midst of that, I think sometimes a bad spirit surfaces. It surfaces first with the people that are close to us because we feel the safest with them. The vent blows. The pressure valve gives way and the people in our environment have uh, an image uh, somewhere that what's on the inside becomes a reflection on the outside and and it causes some question marks it's a surprise but all along this the, the, that thing that was growing in your spirit that hurt that that never kind of let go that that you just kind of carried on and you kept on and you kept moving forward you did the right thing because sometimes we've got to fake it until we make it but on the inside things 
are beginning to crumble and, and on the inside things are beginning to fail and on the inside we're becoming we're becoming so disconnected with who we appear to be on the outside but we are in a reality on the inside I'm I'm talking about some real world troubles that all of us walk through you're not alone this morning God still has a plan for your life today and the problem I I mentioned this, the problem with a bad spirit is that it feels so good. There was one elder minister, he had been talking to Brother Urshan one time, and Brother Urshan said, sir, you've got a bad spirit. He said, I know, but it feels good. <laughs> bad spirit, sometime you get you rolling. And just because you're moving, you feel like you're going in the right direction, but you're rolling fast in the wrong direction. I, I'm talking about when pain overtakes us. The, the, you know, I, I'm talking about those, those moments because, because pain in your life, the, 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 cry, the cry of, it's not fair, God, is the footing course for houses to be built in, in places in our life where God never intended for us to stop. It's not fair. It's, it's where we begin to build a shrine to the pain of the past. It's, it's not fair. It's a reminder that what happened to us shouldn't have happened. It was undeserving. It wasn't our fault. Somebody else did that. I'm just talking to somebody this morning that, that what you experienced, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't have experienced that. That pain should never have come your way. But now that it has, bad people do bad things sometimes. But now that it has, God doesn't intend for you to set up shop in that that place of hurt. God intends for you to deal with it and carry on into his purpose and his plan. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm, I'm talking about because, because somewhere along the journey, something is going to identify the pain of your past and you're going to want to dwell there. In Genesis chapter 11, in verse 31, it says, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. I don't think it's a coincidence that Tara stays in the place that's named the pain that he's experienced in his past. You can look it up. Tara didn't name the place Haran. The place was named Haran before Tara got there. Somewhere between that Tigris and Euphrates River on the map, there was that place called Haran. But Haran, Haran identified the pain that Tara had experienced in his past. Tara had been doing the right thing. He, he was on the journey. He was going in the right direction. He was heading towards promise. But now for the first time, now for the first time, somebody actually gets him. Now for the first time, somebody actually can identify the pain. Now for the first time, somebody can put, put their finger right on that place that caused the depression and caused the hurt. And for the first time, somebody could actually articulate, ah, it was Haran. And, and so all of a sudden, Tara says, uh, I'm going to dwell. Well, here, Haran is one of the oldest cities on record. It's one of the, the for the longest place in history that people have ever lived in, and that's in the natural. But can I, can I tell us all in the supernatural or here this morning that all of us, we've watched way too many people live for way too long in the place called Haran because it identifies the hurt in our past. It, it articulates the way that you feel. It, it identifies how that hurt moved in on your spirit, but God doesn't intend for you to dwell there. God's only helping you 
process the past so that you can move into promise. God's only helping you deal with what happened so you can go on into the hope that he has for you. Don't stay in Haran. I don't think it's a coincidence that he stayed there because we all wrestle with the same thing that Tara does. When we see that thing that identifies the way that we feel, we're automatically connected. We always get stuck in the place that allows us to hold on to hurt. A bad spirit just feels good. That's real talk. But can I remind you that we're all going to suffer trauma? You don't know what your neighbor's been through. That perfect cover on the book doesn't tell you anything that's in the pages. We used to do that. We used to do that in school, back when they had textbooks and stuff. Back when they had school and stuff. (laughs) They'd give us the the school textbook, and I, I don't know what they intended for the shelf life of a book to be, but... But you take it home and they say, make sure you cover, cover the book. You always, you know, you always hope for a nice book at the beginning of the year. A nice new book, nice new history book. You get the cover. I remember, you know, some people had the nice plastic covers, tape them all up. Beautiful. Looked great on the outside, but if you just kind of peeled that cover back, you'd see that it'd been through a little bit. Is that like some of our lives today? We just peel the cover back a little bit. We've all been through through some stuff. We all got some things that we like to cover up. We're all going to suffer trauma. It's natural. And it's beneficial to identify it. It's helpful when we can say that. That Haran was where... I got hurt. Haran was when I, 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 got, I got off track. I, I still, I was doing the right thing. The, you know, I, I'm not quarreling with the diagnosis. It's a real thing, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Depression is a real thing. It's real pain that people need real help for. It's, it's, it's real. It's, it's post-trauma, trauma that entered your life. And the diagnosis is helpful. It's beneficial. It's, it's good. I, I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. I, I, just, I just sit across the desk with people for hours on end sometimes, helping them process the trauma. And so I wouldn't say that I'm knowledgeable or experienced, but I, we've had the privilege of walking with people through pain before. And Haran identifies the pain, your past. It's this place that finally someone is able to to declare what exactly it was that hurt you. Tara, you, you found the one place that gets you. The problem, the problem with Haran is that it's between you and your promise. God intended for them to come, in verse 31, to come unto Haran, but he never intended for them 
to dwell there. As a matter of fact, some commentators say between 12 and 15 years that Abraham waited on his dad to process. Abraham was on the journey. Abraham was, was at work. He was on his way. He was going to Canaan. He, he was headed to that, that city whose builder and maker was God. Abraham was well on his way, but, but his dad, I, I believe his dad kind of held up in that place of Haram because it, it, it made Terah feel, feel better. Haram was able to help him identify the pain of his past. Haram was, was able to, to help him connect to, to, the, to what it was that, that he was now missing, what was, but now wasn't. wasn't. And, and it just kind of, it was a place of reflection. It was a, it was a place of reminder. It, it was a place of memorial. It was that place that meant so, so much to to him, but Terry, you're not supposed to stay there. The problem with Haran is that it will hold you longer than you ever wanted to stay. What will you do when hurt enters your life and when hurt holds on to you too long? Because Haran, that oldest city, one of the oldest cities that our world has, that, that place of hurt, what it means is dry. It's barrenness. It's a place where you can't grow. It's a great place to process. It's a great place to stop and rest on the journey. It's a, it's a great place to, to kind of help get things in order and, and settle some things in your mind and, and kind of put some things to the curb that don't need to be in your life any longer. It's a, it's a great place to, to remember. Remember the, the good, but kind of take the hurt and move it out of your life because you can't stay there and go to the place that God's prepared for you you so you've got to make up in your mind what am I going to do with the hurt that's got a hold of me you see mourning is when you hold hurt but depression is when hurt holds you that pain and that that suffering that you're experiencing and and I, I think it's good to identify it I already declared that I'm not quarreling uh, you know I think I could go on record we can go back in the past and, and I can remind you all that that I don't think depression's just a, uh, you know, a bad day. I don't think depression, I think it's real. It's, it's genuine. It's a real struggle that real people have. And, and there's real help available. There are real people that are trained to help you. I am not one of those people. But I am reminding somebody that it's not God's intention for something to hold you back from the future he's prepared for you. I, I do want to remind somebody this morning that, that God never intended for you to stay in Haran. He intends for you to move into the place of promise. And, and Abraham's got to make a decision. Am I going to just stay here until I die? Or am I going to move into the place that God has promised for me? There's a call on my life. There's a call that God's given to me. It's bigger than just me there's generations that are going to follow there's Abraham Isaac and Jacob that are going to come in the path that I'm tracking in right now but I've got to make my mind up am I going to stay here or am I going to go into the place of promise this morning that's the question we've got to ask ourselves and and there are people in the room that you've walked these paths and and we've watched as God's been faithful but you've been faithful We've watched as some people have suffered horrific loss, but they've carried on in the journey. They, 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 they embraced the pain. They, they went through that sorrow. They, they mourned along with the rest of us, maybe a whole lot more, but they got up and they carried on because they realized that God wasn't finished with them yet. I, I just want to remind some. I just want to encourage somebody. It's time to get up and get out of Haran. It's time to get up and move past the hurt of the past. It, it's time. We can't 
can't hang on to that any longer and become what God wants you to become. He, you're just drowning in doubt. You're drowning in depression. And God's saying, it's time to get up. Remember, I, 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 know, that, I know that God, God is able to restore and sometimes we mistake that because we want God to be the God that replaces. Replace it, God. And God says, no, but I will restore. And we say, God, re replace what I lost. He says, no, I, but I'll restore. He, he didn't say that he'd replace what the canker worm ate, but he said, I'll restore. I'll restore it. I'll bring restoration. The healing will happen. There may be a scar from the past, but, but you'll move past it. I, I've got plans for you. you you're not going to look like what you were because when you go into that cocoon of pain, you're going to come out. You're going to emerge, but you've you got to come out. You can't stay in that place of pain forever. You've got to come out and become what I'm calling you to be. It's time for you to move into the place of promise. It's not wrong for Tara to hold on to hurt. It's wrong for hurt to hold on. To Tara, what do you do when hurt holds on too long? I'll tell you what you do. You get up and get out into the promise that God has in store for you. You see, it's natural for every one of us to experience hurt. When you hold on to hurt, you're in control. But when hurt holds on to you, that's called bondage. That's bondage. And God never intends for his people to be in bondage. And we think, well, Haran is just a wonderful place. No. Genesis eleven thirty two 32 says, in the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. It's not the place that God intends for this to end for you. There is a land of promise. We can go back to the music this morning. You see, as, as Tara delays, he's giving birth to fruitlessness and hopelessness in his life. I, I know it's dangerous to project what we believe happened because X, Y, or Z. I, I know that it's dangerous for us to, to say, well, this happened because of that. And, but I, it, it does make me wonder. As I begin to study this out, I, I begin to think. I begin to think down the road. I begin to think down the road. Tara, if you, if you could see, don't stop here in Haran. Carry on because, because this isn't what you're supposed to become. Don't stop here in the middle. Did, did, did it ever catch you by surprise that Tara stopped there? And Abraham, his family carries on. But Tara stays. Does that, just, does that just kind of register on your radar something's not right? Is it surprising that as you travel down through the story that Abraham carries on with Lot? We have a, a fatherless son and a sonless father and somewhere that connection occurs and that that. That connection happens, but I'm not sure that that was the way that it was supposed to be. God called Abraham. I, I don't know that he was supposed to take his family with him, but what option did he have? Because Terah, Terah just kind of stayed behind. 
And maybe, maybe because Tara didn't carry on, maybe because Tara didn't continue, maybe because Tara had a bad spirit or bad attitude or hurt that surfaced from the past. Maybe, maybe because Tara kind of infused into Lot's mind that he was, he was at a loss because of what he didn't have. That, that when it came time for Abraham to say, which, which plane are you going to pick, Lot? That Lot says, I, I'm going to pick the well-watered plane of Jordan because, because the world owes me. I, I lost. I lost my dad. I, I lost the, the possession. I lost the promise. So, so I'm going to pick the well-watered plains. And, and they pick what they feel like they're entitled to. It should have been split fair. It, it should have been. He should have esteemed his elder. He should have respected the one that was asking the question. But Lot says, oh, I'll take, I'll take, maybe, maybe, maybe because Tara wasn't in the right place. Maybe, maybe Lot pit, picked that because, because he should have been with his grandfather there with him. Maybe, maybe if Tara had been along for the journey, Lot wouldn't have pitched his tent towards Sodom. It strikes me that, that while Tara was pouring a foundation in Haran. Lot was pitching his tent towards Sodom. He was making all the wrong choices. And we know, we know that, that when, when, when Terah built his house in Haran, that Lot was living in Sodom. And, and, and maybe, Terah, if you had been along, maybe if, if you hadn't made the decision to stay in Haran, that, that maybe, maybe an angel wouldn't have had to go into Sodom and drag your grandson out. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Lot's wife wouldn't be a pillar of salt at the exit of the city. Maybe, maybe that wouldn't have happened. I just want, I'm not trying to fear monger this morning. And I'm not trying to kind of turn this story into something it's not. But I, I wonder this morning, sometimes we got we to gotta shake ourselves a little bit and say, I'm not going to let pain take over. I'm not going to let hurt hang on too long. I, it's right to mourn and it's right to experience loss in that, in that way. But I'm not going to let it hold me. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm not going to allow it to cause me to lose out on the promise that God has for me. Tara, think twice before you settle in Haran. The good news, the good news is that hurt doesn't have the right to hang on if you don't let it. That's why I'm encouraging you this morning. Take stock. Take inventory in your life. It's time for us to get up and get out into the land of promise. I, I, I referenced it a moment ago. Hebrews 11, 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. He didn't know Haram was going to be part of the journey. He didn't know that that was going to be a, a stopping place. He didn't know it was going to be a 15-year segue on the way to the land of promise. But there he was. But the Bible says, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. You know what tabernacles is? It's a tent. He got the Coleman tent out. He didn't pour no footing course. He didn't drag no rocks to, to make him build a house in that place of Haran. He said, 
no, no, no. No, we're just setting up tent right now because this isn't where we're intended to be. This is just a tent. Just get, get the Coleman out. We'll be here a few nights. I, we'll be here maybe, maybe a few months. I don't know how long we're going to be here, but we're not setting up shop. We're just temporarily on our way. Could I remind somebody, don't, don't build a house in the midst of your pain. It's time for us to say, we're moving out. We're moving on into the promise that God has for us. The Bible says he dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Why? For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Haran wasn't the stopping place. We're going into Canaan. Come on. Come on. Let's go into the place of promise this morning. Just stand together with me. I'm finished the sermon. God's been moving in this room this morning. I don't completely know why, but here's what I do know. God just landed this scripture in my spirit. It's for somebody today. Ezra. The prophet commissioned with part of the rebuilding of Israel. He spoke to the people and he said, And now for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place. I want someone to know that you think the devil's kind of told you that you've got to build your house right here in the place of hurt. I just want to remind somebody that's not what God intended. God said there's a nail in the holy place. That's your dwelling house. That's where God intends for you to be. It's not to be in this place. And God just opened a little space of grace this morning so that we could move in, move out of the place we shouldn't be into the place that we should be. God is giving us a, a space of grace so that we can escape. He's giving us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes to give us a little reviving in our bondage. Why? Because we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving. I want someone to know that God came to give us a space of grace this morning so we could experience the revival we always wanted to move into the place of promise that he has prepared for us. Oh, praise God like we're in announcement time. Come on, make some, make some crazy face motions behind your mask for a minute. Get your mask out of the way and tell God, God, I'm going on into the land of promise. I'm done staying here. I'm done in this place. I'm going on. It's time to pray. Come on, there's just a prompting in the Holy Ghost. There's just a little push that somebody needed. You just needed that, that little encouragement to get on your way. It's time to get up. It's time to get out. It's time to go on into the place that God has promised for you. Come on, come on. Come on. We get to choose this morning. Are we going to be a Terah and die in Haran? Or are we going to be Abraham and look for a city whose builder and maker is God? I'm looking for a city 
where the foundation wasn't prepared for men's hands, by men's hands, but it's for us. A little reviving. A little reviving's in the room this morning. A little reviving, a little lightning of the eyes is here today. God's ready to do it if you're wanting him to. If you're willing to let him to, somebody's got to tell her, you've hung on too long. It's time for you to get to the curb. I'm taking you out with the trash tomorrow. You, you just hung on too long. You, you went too far. You went beyond the place where you were permitted. I'm moving out and I'm moving in to the place of promise. Well, somebody it's time to press it's time to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling not just because it's what you do on the outside but because the spirits left something on the inside this morning it's time to press on to the promise it's time to press it's time it's time to push a little bit it's time to move the enemy aside and say i've stayed here too long Lynn, here i come i'm coming your way it's one step two feet in a heartbeat i'm coming i'm coming canaan i'm on the road i'm on the road i'm getting there it may be a little slower than some but i'm on my way this morning i got my mind made up i'm moving out i'm moving out come on get the moving boxes ready Get the U-Haul backed up to the tour. It's time to get up and get out. You shouldn't be here now. It's time to go on into the Canaan promised land. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, someone just lift your hands for a moment and lift your voice. Come on, I see about 10 hands out of 80. I, I, I wish some, there was way. I'm not expecting you to run the aisles. I'm not looking for a Jericho this morning. But here's what I know, the burden lifted. So that tells me that somebody in the room got what you need. I, I, I'm not expecting you to dance down the aisle, but I'm just expecting you to leave with your mind made up. I, I'm just expecting you to say, it's over. It's finished. That season is done. I'm moving. I'm moving on into the next phase. I, I'm moving on into the promise. I'm going on. I'm done. I'm done stuck here. I, I'm not in bondage any longer. I'm getting out of the shackles. I'm shaking the chains off. I'm going into the promise that God has for me this morning would you lift your voice with your lifted hands we're getting prepared to close it's 12 19 i'll keep you one more minute someone thank god for talking to us this morning someone thank god for speaking with us today somebody thank god for meeting us in the middle of that place we couldn't move out of but god's saying come on come on it's time to go forward say yes Come on, he's that miracle worker we sang about. 
He's that way maker we declared. He's that wonder that we don't even know how to articulate. God, that God is in this room this morning. You're free, you're free, you're free. You, you don't have to stay here any longer. You're free to get up. Don't believe the lie. You're free to go on. Don't believe the lie. You're free this morning. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Why? Why would God allow us to take the time to prepare a message like this so you would stay in that place? That's not what God planned. God intended for somebody to get up and get out. Tap your neighbor. Tell him I'm going on. Tell him I'm going through. Tell the other, the other neighbor, say, I'm going through it, Jesus. The old songwriter said, I'm going all the way. I care not where he leads me or what I have to pay. I promised. Someone say, I promised I would follow if he would be my guide. Well, your guide just got up and your guide just said, come on. It's time to go. It's time to get out of this place. It's time to go into promised land.